the moment everyone has been waiting for, the moment that I've been waiting for, is to talk about me, my family, my life, my business, my staff, everything that goes along with it. I can't wait to tell you all the scoop. There are many life-changing events that led me to where I am today. And I've decided I want to begin with the birth of Imagine It Done. Not today, but from where it came. When I began, in retrospect, thinking about where my path for my career was going, how do I start, where do I go, and where am I going to end up? I didn't really think about organization. I just thought about getting a job straight out of college. We're talking 1977. Left college and my first job that I landed was at Bloomingdale's. When you got this job, you had no idea that this is what you wanted to do or if you were going to stay here long term. I actually only thought about Bloomingdale's as being fun and because I actually had somebody that introduced me to somebody so that I could get the job because what I studied in college, my major in college really did not have much relevance to the world that I was living in. It was great that I was a foreign language student, but where was I going with it? I wasn't going to be a translator. So Bloomingdale's was great because I love fashion. I got a job in the cosmetic department. I thought this was great. I could be around people. I realized that it was important to have people skills in life. And I also wanted to work because I had a strong worth ethic. And I just thought that where it takes me, I'm really not quite sure. But I just had a gut feeling that this was the right beginning for my career. And how long did you stay at Bloomingdale's for? For a year and a half, I worked on the, the first floor of Bloomingdale's, which was dedicated completely to the cosmetic department. It owned the biggest real estate in the store. And it was amazing. I had such a great time. I loved the brand, which is still existing today. It's called Payo, a French skincare company. And I learned how to sell. Selling, no matter what industry that you go into in your life, selling is a really important profession. You really can use it just like being a lawyer. So I just thought it was so important to me and I had a blast. Then from Bloomingdale's, I was introduced to somebody in an advertising agency. Never did I think about advertising. My twin sister was working in production at a, a very well-known advertising agency. And I thought, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. And I was working, I got a job working as the assistant to the head of the creative department at a very well-known advertising agency. What did advertising look like back then? It looked like Mad Men. Imagine what the set of Mad Men was like. This is exactly the way it was. So what kinds of projects were you working on? It was brilliant. I was able to work for one of the most brilliant creative people I ever met in my life. And all of the accounts were fashion and beauty. So it was awesome. And I was the person in charge of actually the producer for all print production for the fashion and beauty accounts. And I got to do such fun things. From beginning to end, I had to meet with the models, the photographers, and I coordinated all the photo shoots for a lot of Revlon and um, Chanel. So it was really fun. I, um, I got to learn a lot of what it takes to create a brand from an advertising perspective. So that was super interesting. And how long were you there for? I was there for a year and a half and then my boss moved to Paris. He got offered the job working as the creative director in a French advertising agency. So he took me with him. I was there, so it was a year and a half in New York and then I was there for another year working for him 
in Paris. And that really was amazing. What it taught me was not only about the advertising industry, but it taught me so much about life because I had to navigate my life completely alone, uh, working as an American in Paris, speaking French, but that's really where I learned to speak proper French because I was only classroom French. So I really had to because nobody in the agency spoke English. It was my boss and myself, he didn't speak a word of French. So I really had to, it was like sink or swim. I learned about people, I learned about Paris, I learned about life and um, everything about the culture, but more so about struggle, about learning to live by myself and have a career that there was no path to. I just, I made it. And I lived there, as I said, for the year and I decided that it was time. I went back to New York and I really was not quite sure what was my next part of my career so where it was going to take me. you went back to New York unemployed? I went back to New York unemployed, correct. I was working with a lot of model agencies at that time, so I thought that that would be cool, something that I would enjoy. I love being busy all the time and I love being with people. So the model agency business, there were so many of them in Manhattan, I decided this is great. So I worked for a talent agency, I worked for um, Ford Models, working in the men's department at the Ford Model Agency, which was amazing. My boss was so much fun. I had worked with him before when I would do the interviews with all the models. The next was actually getting married. Left Ford, I left Ford only because, not because I wasn't happy, because I really enjoyed it, but I left Ford because I decided that I was getting married after a relationship of, of several years. And at this point, I was almost 30 years old, and I thought it's time to start a family. So. I worked the next career that I had actually was being a wife and a mom. And that lasted for 20 years until I decided that it's time to do something that I really loved, that I was um, inspired by, that was a passion of mine, that was not a designated profession, but something that I really loved to do. And it just came at me. It was such an epiphany. It was organization. It was not even well-known as an industry. People thought when I told them that I love organizing, they thought that, what do you mean, closets? They thought it was just about clothing. I just loved organizing everything, everything in the home. So how did raising your kids help you get to that realization? It wasn't just raising my children that got me to that realization. It was really more because in raising my children, we moved homes seven times. And in moving, I realized that I had a knack for creating order, setting things up, doing things that would typically come as frightful and unnatural to most people. I was set up in a home every single time and the actual setup was so enjoyable. I did things effortlessly and people would marvel at it and I realized, hey, mate, you know, this is a knack. Maybe like I should do this professionally. So after doing it so many times, loving it, and wanting to finally start the career after the kids were in high school, I figured that as much as I loved being a mom, I can, oh, I'm always going to be a mom, but I didn't have to be a hands-on mom. And I didn't want to do anything professionally while I was raising them. So the time was right. Where does your husband fit into all of this? So my husband and I got married, as I said, I was almost 30 years old. I wanted to have the baby right away. So he was a great dad. He was a super duper provider. He was busy creating his own brand in the handbag industry. So he was traveling a lot back and forth overseas. And I was very happy until I wasn't happy. 
and we just grew apart. I wanted to be a professional. I wanted to go back into the workforce. I wanted to build a brand. And I just think that, you know, you reach a time and it has nothing to do with falling out of love. You just reach a time sometimes in your life where things just are not aligned. The stars were not aligned. So we divorced and it was unhappy, but it was, it was a blessing in disguise because it enabled me to actually focus on what I love, which was organization, a path in my career. There's a lot that goes into this story because it's not like I just imagined, imagined it done. It developed and it took quite a few years from the time that I knew that I wanted to start a business to the time that I actually incorporated, to the time that I actually scaled the business and to now. There's so many different developments that took place. And, and you did it all on your own. I did it all by myself. Nobody gave me a penny, nobody gave me advice. Nobody told me what to do, nobody partnered with me, nobody helped me. It literally from A to Z was all about me doing it myself. And in today's world, I don't think that that would happen because there was no such thing as social media. So I had to figure things out by myself. And I really believe that like doing things yourself is such, it's really like the most effective way to learn because making mistakes are the necessary part of learning. Did your advertising proficiencies help with the ability to do it on your own, you think? Yeah, because I had to learn so much when I was working in the advertising industry. Because again, like I was not set up to work in advertising. It's not that I studied it or anything. Again, I learned by example. I listened. I paid attention to what was going on around me. I was the, actually my best teacher. So let's go from your first organization job to now. From the first job that I ever had, it was a, I was a mom and pop shop, so I was doing things myself. So I just went into somebody's home. I was lucky enough to get a job. I did not even have a company name, and there was no other staff but myself and actually one other friend in the neighborhood that was willing to help me. I did not have any template. I just winged it. I did what I would do ordinarily for myself. It was as easy as that, and it worked because I was good at what I was doing, but I did not make money from anything. I didn't know how to even bill out people. It really would have been on fast forward had I established, as I said, this business today because there was no social media to guide me. So, I mean, from then until now, it is a completely different animal because Imagine It Done is set up for success. There's a template, we've got documents, I have a payroll, we're scaled. I've got a team. You know, now I believe that- And Instagram. And, and social media, Instagram, TikTok, all of these things to take you to another level way quicker. Like when I created Imagine It Done, I spent too much money on advertising. It was ridiculous because I didn't know how else to market my brand. So Nobody when you say to... that you were advertising and marketing, what kinds of tools were you using? People said to me, you know, you should try to get involved with magazines. So I got in touch with very well-known magazines, niche media magazines and I found out how to advertise and do editorials in their magazines. Spent so much money doing advertising, which really didn't, in effect, promote my brand. It just got my name out there, but nobody really knew what I did. People in the neighborhood would, you know, word of mouth is really what carried me from one job to the next. But I didn't know how to scale the business and I didn't know how to promote it where I went outside of 
the area that I was living in. So it was a very local business. And when people would ask me, like, how are you going to get to the next level? What do you plan on doing? How do you want to build your brand? I had no idea. And it really did not come to me until four years ago when I brought my son into the business. That's where everything really started. So I would say it was like from the time that I conceptualized Imagine It Done until now, it was like going from kindergarten to, uh, I would say, getting my master's. That's how much time and how much information and how many changes were made between the beginning and to where I am now. And I'm not yet done. This so is from just like 2004 to 2018, it was a lot of trial and error. Spending endless hours at my desk on a computer. I'm not very tech savvy, so it was really kind of challenging, but I figured it out myself. And now I surround myself with people that are my team, the village, and it's because of their knowledge in things that I'm not knowledgeable about that leads me to the successful path that I'm on right now. I walk the walk, I talk the talk, but now in building it further, you need people smarter than you that actually are experts in roles that you're not. And I learned how to do that. Expanding my business takes a lot of guts, but it takes also a lot of trust in other people. So who was your first official staff member and when was that? Well, my first official staff member was one of my girls who is not here anymore. She was my first official staff member. The girls before her were freelance, they did other jobs, they were not staff, they just loved to organize. So when I needed an extra person on site, I would bring them in. And at that point, 99% of my business was on site. One by one, I would bring staff in. But again, even though they were staff, they really were not set up properly on the payroll until my son, who came into the business that has his own business, wanted to just help me out. And I really was not thinking that he was going to know what he was doing because he had never been in this kind of a business before. However, what I did learn was that all he needed to do was set my business up for success, which is scaling and payroll and managing the financial end of the business, which he knew from his previous business. So he was in between two different companies and it gave him the opportunity to fill his time and work with me and working with him was such a blessing because not only did he know how to set the business up for success, but I also trusted him. And to bring somebody into your business and have to deal with the financial aspect of the business, you better really trust that individual. Within six months, actually set me up so that I didn't have to worry about the staffing end of it, which is such a big thing. So I gradually brought more and more people on board. So and when would you say that Imagine It Done, in your eyes, officially became set up business that you could run and manage confidently? I would say four years ago was when I felt that Imagine It Done it had, got, had it gotten to the place that you thought it would get to? It got to the place where I actually could call it a business. Now that it was set up properly, now came the time where I had to think about, well, where am I going with this business? Is it just going to be a service business? 
or is it going to be something else that the world needs? And the reason why it became stressful, even though there was less stress with the financial setup, is because when you have to contrive creatively how to, to set your business up with, you know, with enterprising ideas, it's really hard to do that yourself. You need other people to springboard and you need people to just commiserate and, and help you. And even if you have the ability to creatively um, set things up, you need somebody else's opinion all the time. I didn't want to bring a partner in. I wanted to bring staff to help me. Jesse was here for six months where he financially helped me set the business up and then he kind of backseated and he set it up so that he didn't need to be in the day-to-day -day operation. And I have been bringing people into the business for the last four years that have creatively helped me to, to manage. And with the actually onset of social media, a whole nother education, and I still feel like I'm going to college again. Never having understood social media, I, I try to keep up with the pulse. I know what I can do, and I know what I can't do. When did you know that this was going to be an opportunity that you could like monetize on? So I started to go to the gift shows, which was about like five years ago. And that's when I realized people started recognizing me because I was, I had a website, I was in magazines, and I was doing some social media, but I wasn't doing it really well. But they did see me on Instagram. So that's when I thought like, wait, people like know me? Like I can't even understand that. How is that possible? I didn't even realize that the reach was so powerful. I honestly had no clue because I didn't realize anything about the analytics of uh, Instagram at that time. So I just kept on doing what I was doing and not even thinking of anything else until I brought on you, Rachel, who made me realize that Instagram is a powerful tool and we got to get going with this and we have to like enterprise on this Instagram. I would also say even before me, because I found you on Instagram, so you obviously had a presence before me and I love that you give me all this credit because I just like bask in it. But from my perspective and I guess like most of our followers perspectives, everyone found you through Ariel. And I feel like that is just telling of what social media can do and how it can help other people. Right. So that springboards me to the next um, conversation about the development of my business. So through my very dear friends, my lifelong friends, when Ariel and Brandon were moving, their, Brandon's mom called me and said to me, Lisa, you've got to do this move. And at this point, I already knew what I was doing with moves and moving people and I had sufficient staff. And I didn't even know the power of Ariel actually at this point, because even though I was on Instagram, I was not following up on Instagram. I didn't even understand like, who am I supposed to follow? I and just so thought I'm helping out Ariel and Brandon. So would you say Ariel really just like made you think about social media in a whole another way? Completely. She's the one that actually heightened my visibility. She like took it to another level where she said, I'm telling you, your business is never going to be the same. And Ariel, you were right. Because Ariel was the turning point for Imagine It Done. I get the chills, actually. As I said, I didn't even understand what an influencer was. When I told people that I was working for Ariel Tarnas, they were like, what? How did you get that job? I did not realize how powerful working for her would be. 
And not only did I love working for her, and I worked my tushy off, it was an amazing project because we got in there, we didn't just organize it, we moved her. We renovated it with the contractors, all the spaces, built out all the closets, changed everything, did literally every single room. So I got to know her so well, one of the finest young ladies that I've ever met. So it's Ariel's postings through the years that are continuous that have led people to knowing who I am. So the word influencer became a, a, a very important word in my vocabulary. I love Instagram and I love all the social media, but I've grown so much into my brand now by trying to educate people to learn the important part of it, that it's as beautiful and wonderful as all those pretty pictures look and influencers look so great. Most of the world is not that. And so I subscribe to always making sure that people know that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And it's not just a temporary fix. It's not just the makeup on your face. It's not just the clothes you wear. It's not just the filters. It's much more about understanding, making a change in a lifestyle, learning, and then actually living it. And that's what I'm trying to do every single day with all my tutorials and even the people that I engage with, the brands that I partner with, the people that I network with, I learn every single day something else. It's, um, it's really so rewarding. The clients that I have just make my job all the worthwhile because I go in and I see people that are struggling. It's not about just making the clothes look pretty in the picture. I think that's so important. And because we only, we do so much more than closets. Right. That's the thing. So it's a couple of years now where I've expanded into, with all of my partners, um, one of the most important partners we had, which helped me to actually really expand the business was a mover. Before they move what we do, we have this process of editing. So we make sure that it's a change of life experience. And then we move them in and we set them up so that they don't have to deal with that stress because really we want to make it so that the move to a new place opens up that next chapter and it's a whole new world. And they experience it that way. As opposed to years ago when people moved, they moved with whatever they had to wherever they are moving Just to. thrown in boxes. Thrown in boxes and they never see half the stuff again. And they don't really get to appreciate the next chapter, the next home that they're moving to because stuff overwhelms you. So I've taken my body and my soul into this to make sure that people really do change their life when they move. It makes it so much more attractive. People want Imagine It Done to do it because nobody wants to be stressed. Hey, listen, we're living in a really stressful time right now. The last thing you want to do is when you're moving, be even more stressed. There are so many different dimensions that I've tapped into. And the reason I've tapped into all these great things is because I realize that I have more knowledge about life than just what meets the eye. And that's what is every day I address that. Every day I impart that. Every day I want whoever is following Imagine It Done to know that it is really so much deeper than what meets the eye. And I think that's really why we wanted to start this podcast, to give followers and even clients people hopefully all over the world to know that it's that there's a lot more depth to what you show on Instagram and that there's so much more knowledge you want to give and this is just the perfect way to be able to do that and connect with people and answer any questions 
I mean, if you DM us, you know that we respond to every DM, but a lot of DMs can be shared with more than just one person, and they should be. And also, I drive Rachel crazy because I'm always so concerned about the Instagram analytics. And it's really, it, it's upsetting to me that I'm even concerned. I find Instagram to be a do double-edged sword because it's such a great medium to, to reach out to the world about your brand, to educate. But at the same time, it can become static and it could be viewed for the wrong reasons. And so I go out of my way all the time to make sure that there's so much tutorial that's visible on my Instagram because I don't want to be a pretty picture and a perfect palette. I don't because that's not who I am and that's not what my brand is about. I mean, anybody can imagine it done in a day. You just bring, a, which is an expression I use all the time as a verb, imagining it done. Bring a stager in, they'll make your place look beautiful. But life is not a stage. Life is for, is for the living. And I believe that as long as you're going to live, enjoy it, appreciate your things, and know how to make it even better. And that's what I'm trying to do all the time. I'm not an imitator, I'm a creator. I'm not a follower, I'm a leader. And I hope this comes across on my Instagram. And if you guys have any ideas on how I can make it better, I'm so open to what everybody else thinks. I, you know, as I said, I'm not an omnipotent person and I'm not, a, um, a very pompous person. I don't think because Imagine Dunn is doing nicely now that like I'm the leader of the pack. No, there's like a lot of great organizers out there and everybody's got their niche. So all I'm saying is that my niche is more about lifestyle. The brand is about helping people. And if some function and it's, it's the word function comes into my vocabulary, like every single day it's, you know, yeah, it's beauty, but it's function first. Imagine it done subscribes to a functional lifestyle. So that's it for now. Comment, like, share. Ask so many questions. We've got so much information. Yes, and can't, can't wait. wait to share it all with you guys.